Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right to it. So you found some news to share. Uh, so why don't I we go did. ahead and start with that? All right. So first things first, um, Anime News Network just picked up the information today that Crunchyroll is adding Cabaneri of the Iron Fortress to its anime catalog. Uh, does that mean Amazon's losing it or it's just something that Crunchyroll is adding? I don't know. I mean, I know that apparently Amazon... And Netflix in Japan both had um, mm -hmm. Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. But um, I don't know if... Uh, and I know that uh, Netflix in the U.S. about uh, September 12th um, got one of the movies. I thought it was a season two, but I was wrong. It's just uh, the Battle of... Oh, so Netflix Unatau has the movie. Is a Netflix has a sequel film called okay. Cabinary of the Iron Fortress and the Battle of Unatau. Does Amazon not have that? Is it just Netflix? I didn't check Amazon to see if they also had it. I just happened to see it uh, on one of their video banners on uh, Netflix as I was browsing around. But yeah, it, it, it just reads here that uh, it started streaming September 13th. Um, okay. But the film itself uh, opened in Japan on May 10th. Or two-week limited engagement, opened at number 10 at the box office, and topped mm -hmm. mini-theater ranking in its opening weekend. So, that's pretty cool. Okay. Um, okay. Now, the other big... So, now that's a show we've both watched, and um, here in its accolades in this article, it, it um, mentions the anime reunited director Tetsuro Araki and Wit Studio, the team responsible for Attack on Titan. Code Geass creator Ichiro Okoruchi wrote the scripts. Um, character design by Haruhiko Mikimoto, who did Ma Macross 7 and Gunbuster. Haruhiko Mikimoto, okay. And uh, Hiroyuki Swano, uh, Sawano. Uh, who did the music? Did the music? Uh, also did the music for Attack on Titan. Okay. Um, okay. So, a lot of people try to compare it to Attack on Titan, and the story is not as deep as Attack on Titan. But don't let that stop you from watching it. It's a really good show. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It was it was really good. Okay. The other piece of news I found was that Japan honors Mario creator Shigeru Miyamoto as person of cultural merit. Okay. Um, it says that this year uh, Shigeru Miyamoto is getting this award, uh, and so is uh, a, a, a manga uh, artist who's been working for like 40 years, Moto Hagio. Uh, I read through her. Um, biography but uh mm -hmm. she did but i didn't see anything that i um or her bibliography but i didn't see anything that i recognized like they were 11 a drunken dream and other stories 
A Heart of Thomas, Otherworld, Barbara, Barbara. Um, just didn't recognize those uh, uh, titles. Um, but somebody else is also on the list of people who are getting this is film director Nobuhiko Obayashi, who did The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Okay. Yeah, so the director of The Girl Who Leapt Through Time is also getting this award. Which is amazing if you guys haven't seen it. It's yes. so intense. It's so good. The first time I watched it, and it was kind of weird, because the first time I watched it, I watched it on a streaming surface that kept jumping th but to different parts of the anime. Mm -hmm. I wasn't entirely sure if this was intentional or if it was just a bad uh, rip of the show. I was, I was glad I was able to watch It's not as confusing as as that when you watch it chronologically correctly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um it says that uh, previous pe previous recipients included manga and anime creator leiji matsumoto who is responsible for space pirate captain harlock and galaxy express 999 um mm -hmm. he received it in 2001 um and in 2012 that award went to hayo miyazaki neat so, Persons of Cultural Merit Award. It's apparently awesome. it's a national it's a national award. It's a um, the the Japanese government um and uh hands it out. Uh huh. So, okay. I and think those are the those are the two bits of news. A little bit of slow stuff. Okay. Um, but anyways, I want to go ahead and share this tweet that a friend just uh, forced on me. Um, and uh, I, I want to make all of our, our listeners slash viewers uh, suffer with me. In brief, I think that Thanos was feeling a cosmic rush. Someone working that hard oughtn't to have phrased his will into such a weirdly inefficient solution. I think that the power hit him and he made a hurried decision. So it was a snap judgment. And now you've inflicted it on the rest of us. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, okay. All right. Let's move on to three episodes in. <laughs> three episodes in. And it was your pick this week. So how about you go ahead and let our viewers, uh, or how about you read the description? All right. Um, Holic is what we watched this week. And uh, the description reads from the Funimation.com synopsis. Watanuki's been haunted by dark spirits his entire life. His incessant demons drag him to the ornate door of the dimensional witch Yuko, a mysterious woman of insight and luxury who is quick to help those in a bind for a fee. One might very well end up paying with their soul. To be free of his visions, Watanuki will work in her strange shop of dreams and wishes. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive right into it. So the very first yep. bit of it, um, our main character, Watanuki, uh, he is walking down the street, um, looking like he's going to school um, or home from school. He's in his uniform with his uh, with his bag, uh, his little suitcase, briefcase, in, I guess. In a handful um, of shots that basically scream, you know, spot the protagonist level one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Everybody it, else it, is grayed out but him. Yeah, it, uh, so this anime came out in 2006. 
and so um it kind of has that same effect that uh what the, what was it um uh god oh, why am i forgetting the name of it all of a sudden um Azamangadayo. Azamangadayo, how every once in a while you'd have group scenes, but only the main characters would be colored in, and everyone else is basically a paper cutout. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. Like, I've also, like, uh, the th- the thing that came to my mind was um, was uh, Season of Ruby, uh, where every all the other uh, NPCs, all the uh, non-dialogued characters, they were all just gray pretty much bodies. So yeah, it's it's not uncommon especially when they are uh, the anime doesn't have that great of a bu- budget. Yeah. And and you don't want the shot to be too busy anyway. You kind of just want to, to establish he's in a crowd, but he's the focus. And mm-hmm. so it's a, it's an easy way to establish that. And uh, I don't have a problem with it. No, all. me neither. I mean it's it was fine. It was fine. Uh but anyways, uh he is walking down the uh, down the street, and there's all this noise all around him, and he uh, is getting more and more annoyed with the noise um, until eventually he says, "Shut up, leave me alone." Something along those lines, and he's running down the street, uh, and then we get to see it from his perspective, and there are all these black smoke creatures, these evil spirits, mm-hmm. all around him, and they all kind seem of... to be just grabbing onto him until eventually they knock him down. Yeah, then the 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 style of these uh, demons reminded me of Mob Psycho 100 when they're dealing with some evil spirits as well, because it's it's a very similar um, style of these uh, that these demonic entities take on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, for me, like this show's weird, um, not bad, just a. Uh, it starts off with this bit where he's walking down the street and it's very, very comical how he tries to get away from these, uh, from these, uh, from these spirits. Like he is very, very much struggling to get away from them. Um, but they, uh, you know, they tackle him. And then we see from the perspective of the rest of the people where he is just rolling all around, um, trying Mm -hmm. to get away from these things that only he can see. Um, and to me, that was a fairly humorous opening. But the show is very, very. It, it, there's definitely a lot of humor throughout the show, mm-hmm. um, but it, the show did not meet the tone that I felt was established by this opening shot. Uh, yeah. But anyways, anyway, um, so uh, after that, he um, pretty much to avoid these ghosts, he winds up in a house. Yeah, it was, um, it's a kind of interesting. They they dogpile him. He's on the ground. People mm-hmm. are walking all around around him, kind of whispering to themselves, wondering what what his deal is as he's mm-hmm. on the ground, and not, they don't see anything on him. And he's rolling around trying to get away from these things when his hand slaps a wood fence, and suddenly they all disappear. And so he's drawn. He's literally drawn in to this place that he's mm-hmm. found. Like, his legs are moving without his permission. Hmm. Um, yeah, anyway, uh... He meets the, uh, the twins, um... What are their names? The, tw- the twin maids. I didn't write them down. 
Um, but they're 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 very much the trope of you know giggling girls who seem to be in on a joke that the main character is not in on. Yes. Um, but so, anyways, so the maid the maids bring him in, and he somehow manages to kick off his own shoes, and they bring him into the main like reception area, and lying uh, lounging luxuriously across some ornate duvet of some kind is mm-hmm. the other main character, Yuko. Yuko. Mm-hmm. And um, Yuko, when I when you when we first see her. She reminds me a lot of Yugiri from Zombieland Saga, the courtesan zombie. She's wearing this loose-fitting kimono and is is playing up this whole um, kind of uh, an ancient Japan elegance that she's just enjoying herself in this way. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but she... He comes in. Sorry, Toby's doing weird things again. Toby, stop playing with that. This is the naughty kitty. Hello, Toby. Goodbye, Toby. Sorry, what were we talking about? <laughs> Cat got in the way. <laughs> uh, we had... Uh, um... Watanuki had just met Yoko, and Yoko is um, acting all mysterious and um, manages to get out of him what his name and date of birth are, and um, then warns him that telling your name and date of birth to somebody can give them power over you, and mystic ways just kind of teasing him for being so naive that he gave his name and date of birth to a complete stranger mm-hmm. and watanuki's name um she uh she also gets his watch from him says what's in your pocket type thing as he's about to leave and then he hands her for reasons that he doesn't even know he hands her his pocket watch and she opens it up and inside is carved his name uh watanuki mm-hmm. um full name is uh uh, Watanuki Kimihiro. And he, the kanji for Watanuki is also the same kanji for April 1st, mm-hmm. which is also his birth date. Yes. So his birth date and his name are the exact same. And again, that kind of led me think that this was going to be kind of a more lighthearted, silly show than it's turned out to be, uh, because his name is, is literally April Fool's Day. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, anyways, uh, he, uh, trying to remember what else happens in that episode. Oh, like, like she's, she's pretty much just mocking him the entire time and he gets fed up. Um, oh, so she, she, that's right. She gives him a job. Sorry. We yeah. watched this. We watched the show yesterday. We were going to record last fine. night, but, uh, but so he gives her, she gives him a part-time job. Um, well, what what happens is mm-hmm. he wants to he takes she takes his watch as payment for we don't know what she just knows that she took his watch and is keeping it, mm-hmm. um, and then she says he came here for a wish, and his wish was that the ghosts would leave him alone he wouldn't see them anymore, 
And she says, she goes off on this uh, monologue about equivalent exchange. Um, and it says, you can't, it says, in order to receive this gift, you have to pay something of equal value. <clears throat> and so what he ends up, and so she says, in order to not see the ghosts anymore, you have to work for me as a part-timer. And so against his will, almost, he, he ends up becoming the part her part-timer. And then he gets sent on his first task, which is to buy a whole lot of food for a uh, a banquet. And on his way to buy, on his way around his buying the party, food, they say. Well, his own, yeah. He has to cook for his own. Yeah. Well, he has to cook. He has to buy the food. And she's like, I'll pay you back for it. Yeah. So. Uh, but she sends him off. Oh, she and, also, she also sends, sends him to go find a plushie. Someone who just woke up. Oh, yeah. So she spirit. says. She sends him to go find something in her storeroom, and that's where we're introduced to Mokuna. Uh, now, Mokuna is a Moogle-like plushy-ish thing, where it's it's got a gem on its, its center of its forehead and it's shaped like an egg bun with ears. It's like it's it's a little Ryooki. It's a little like a Moogle. It's just a little. It mostly looks like a plushie. Yeah. Well, this character, now we don't know this in the first three episodes of this show, but we come, but that character plays a major role in uh, Subasa. That that turns out that they, uh, there's a white one that joins Mm. the crew in Subasa and turns out the black one and the white one have a dimensional link in their bellies. So what one chooses to, uh, they can eat something, and the other one spits out across dimensions. Which in the manga, there's a uh, there's a hilarious little bit where uh, um, the dimensional witch sends the people in Subasa, or, or Yuko, Yuko sends the people in Subasa chocolates for Valentine's Day. It says, I'll be expecting mine. And she gives them an order that's like 10 times that much chocolate to be sent back to her. Yeah, on the wiki, uh, I saw a couple of things uh, tying the two stories together. Tying uh, Hollick and uh, Tsubasa Chronicles. Um, Anyways, uh, so he then goes and he doesn't really want to buy a lot of food. um, But... uh, like this little this... spirit, just like she'll you'll get paid back for it, and just keeps putting stuff in his basket in, in his bag. Uh, mm-hmm. On the way back, he comes across a group of girls, high schoolers, yes. and one of them is talking about um, how she can see spirits, and it's so scary, and like she's super depressed and sad all the time. And her friends are, uh, you know, confronting her, being like, "Oh, you're such a good person. You're so good." And she's like claiming that evil spirits possess her, so they can go ahead and you know be redeemed and move on to the next world is mm-hmm. what she's telling her friends. And the entire time Watanuki is just watching her and we've already established that he can see spirits. He's affected by spirits and he doesn't see a thing around this girl at all. The entire time they're talking. And finally he tries, like she gets on the ground and is like freaking out uh, saying how much pain she's in. And he goes and talks to her and just says, you're fine. It's okay. There's no spirits inside of you. And she instantly starts, you know, accusing him of being, you know, of lying, of mm-hmm. or not, not really of lying, but of being like, oh, 
how cute, you know, you don't see you, you, you like, oh, like the innocence of those not burdened, you know, with things like that. Um, yeah. And he's just like, he doesn't say anything, but you, you, his expression is just like, are you serious? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and like the girls insult him saying, how dare, like you come after our friend. You have no idea what, what it's, how hard it is for her. And they all go off together. Um, and then he watches the spirit that had been harassing him. Oh yeah, spirit had been harassing her. him since the uh, yep since the grocery store, and then it possessed the girl. And he tried to get the spirit to stop, but the spirit just kind of smiled and went went forward and possessed her. And we see that her skin actually goes from peach to pale, to yeah. kind of grayish. Um, so what we did well, so we ended up basically watching a a Chinibio get her wish. Yeah, we we saw her get her wish, and he goes and he drops off the food, goes back to the house, drops off the food, and um, he said, "Did you know that if I was if he talks to Yuko, saying like, did you know I was going to see that? Did you know that was going to happen?" Um, and she's just like, "I'm I'm here to grant wishes." That girl got exactly what she wanted. She wanted to be possessed by an evil spirit. She's now possessed by an evil spirit. Not all so, the things we want, not all the things we wish for are actually good for us. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, and then he gets upset, leaves the food and leaves, uh, drops off the food and leaves. Mm-hmm. And the two wooden girls are like, oh, he's gone. And Yuko says, oh, he'll be back. End of the episode. The very next shot is the end of the episode. And he's outside the house again. And he's just like, I'm only showing up to get paid back for that food. Yes. And that's the end of the episode. Now, I've read the first three chapters of the manga, and I want to say what's happening is that they're grabbing a couple of... I read the first three volumes. So the Mm -hmm. first 18 chapters or so, depending on how many chapters they stick into a volume. They're usually about six. Um, And so I think they're jumping around a bit in terms of which chapters are deciding to turn into episodes. So the first episode is how how it plays out in the manga as well. The second episode... Um, is the story of a young lady who is also a compulsive liar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the show gets pretty dark after this point. Um, mm-hmm. it, it didn't maintain a light, airy... Um, Chobit, uh, didn't uh, the the same kind of light, airy sense that most clamp products tend to. Mm-hmm. Now I understand that Studio Clamp it consists of four women who love drawing manga, and they'll collaborate and work together. But each one of them has a kind of a different personality, so they'll want to do different things. Mm-hmm. And they also, and I think they all have a slightly different art style from each other. So, and so you can kind of tell, okay. I mean, they they produce things like uh, Card Captor Sakura, uh, Chobits, uh, Angelic Lair, Magic Knight Ray Earth, and um, Holic. And you can kind of tell that each one borrows like, their similarities, but they also have their own distinct styles as well mm-hmm. going on. Um, and actually, something I think I noticed is while reading. Well, while finding out about this is that Subasa, each of the four main characters might have been the favorite character design of the four women who uh, who work on oh. Fire. Mm-hmm. Because because one of the characters, uh, Phi, matches the the long 
bodied style of um long bodied and not well jointed um or kind of wavy jointed style that seems to be uh pretty present here in Hollock as well but and then um they also did a couple of more um you know action oriented anime like um they they did a uh a, a va- I think it was a vampire series called X did they do X they did X huh and so not everything's light and airy, but uh, some of the more action-based stuff was uh, definitely um, reminded me a lot of uh, Kuragane, their, uh, the samurai that goes with them. And then obviously okay. you have uh, Sakura and uh, Sharon from the original mm-hmm, Sakura mm-hmm. series. Um, um, just watching the, f- the four of them come together. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Anyway, that's a different anime altogether. Yeah, uh, um, so in episode two... Um, he's working at her place, um, and we learn we first encounter his school friends. I want to say in episode two, the girl that he obviously yep. has a crutch on. Um, I think uh, uh, Himawari, I think was her Himawari. name. That's two right. massive curls, uh, like two um, pigtails that are just in massive curls on her head, mm-hmm. and then some guy that he absolutely despises called Domeki, who yeah. doesn't know why Watanuki hates him. Just doesn't oh. get it. He's Domeki is very, very down to earth, um, very realistic. Um, and he later on we learned that like he pretty much believes everything that Watanuki says about like yeah. seeing other spirits and the things that he experiences and stuff like that. So for some reason, it, it's possibly because he thinks that, you know, um Himawari likes uh Domeki. Um yeah. he, he sees Domeki as a as a rival. As a as a romantic rival. For the affections of Himawari, because Himawari is quick to compliment anybody. She's just a sweetheart who's not, yeah. who might not be interested in romance, just in being nice to everybody. Mm-hmm. And he would very much like to be in a romantic relationship with her, but he just sees every other man as somebody better than him, specifically Sometime. this guy. Roughly 2,000 years after a man had been nailed to a tree for saying, oh, wouldn't it be nice to be, wouldn't it be grand to be nice to each other for a change? <laughs> that's, a, that's a butchered quote from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, if you've yes. never seen those, those movies or read those books. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, so we're introduced to them. Uh, he then goes to work, um, and because uh, Himawari uh, is excited for him for having a part-time job. And a customer comes in. Hmm. Um, and Yuko is very flirtatious and lighthearted and silly when it's just him, her, and the twins. Yes. Um, and I also noticed something in this episode that uh, Yuko, the witch, had a completely different outfit on than in episode one, which yes. is very rare for anime. Most of the time, in order to save on budget or whatever, characters do not where this characters use usually always wear the exact same clothes. Like I had some friends like vision of Escafloni Vaughn, when he, when his wings first pop out, like uh-huh. he takes off his red shirt, but every single time, every single episode, he somehow has that red shirt again, no matter what happens to it in the previous episode. Yeah. And so my friends would always say, you know, Vaughn and his unlimited supply of red shirts. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a common trope. Um, mm-hmm. And usually costume design changes signify a major uh event a change um, in arc mm-hmm. yeah i mean usually like 
they can get away with a lot of high school based anime by having everybody in a uniform. And then Mm -hmm. sometimes those high school anime are also, you know, magical girl anime. So they also have Mm -hmm. one costume as a magical girl and one Mm -hmm. costume as like, Mm -hmm. and then occasionally just for, for um, special occasions, they'll have them in street clothes or doing something different because they're doing something or they'll have, you know, they'll, um, They'll be at the, a pool or something like that, or Swimsuit a gym episode. class, or but the festival Yuko, episode where everybody's in a yukata, mm-hmm, uh, yukata or uh, yeah. or a kimono. Yeah. Um, but Yuko, she, um, her her outfit is completely different. It's still kimono, but it's completely different design. Um, and she does she changes like every episode. Era. Huh? It's like a different era as well. I don't know. I'm not, and I and I'm not trying to prove you wrong. I just don't know enough about kimono. Uh, yeah. to be able to confirm or deny that. Uh, yeah. But anyways, um, I just noticed that, and in in, again, in episode three, I think she's in a couple of different outfits in, in episode three. Episode three, um, she's wearing something a little bit more modern, a, a more a low-cut... Um, well, all of her dresses are low-cut. All of her outfits are low-cut, but this one is mm-hmm. a low-cut modern like shirt and jeans or something. No, no, time. because because she she had that that long red kimono that she was wearing while she was laying on the floor communicating to him while he did his job in episode three. That's true, but also during episode three there was a baseball scene. Yeah, yeah, because she was yeah they were playing baseball and, at the very beginning and she struck him out. And um, that's what she was wearing during that time. She changed, oh no, no, no. Yeah. he was pitching. She hit the ball. She crashed the ball through someone's window, and, and she sent him to go get it. And he got to go clean up the mess. That she mm-hmm. made, mm-hmm. so is... that's why she was in that in that outfit. But yeah. anyway, um, so uh, which makes you wonder. Let's go ahead and get back to episode two. Yeah, which, well, it makes you wonder what kind of plans she has for him because he's doing all these things that seems to put her in debt to him. If Maybe. she's if she's doing like these equivalent exchange things, it seems like she's having him do all these things that put her in debt to him. For something happening later down the road. Maybe. I don't know. Or she's just messing with him because it has nothing to do with wishes. Um, maybe, and she seems maybe. to have that kind of personality. But anyways, the, episode two, um, a, new, a customer comes in. It's the first time he's seen a customer in her shop. Yes. And he and the girls are watching through a, uh, an open door yeah. um, as she talks to this woman. And this woman just has this dead look in her eyes. Um. And, uh, and she she's like, I don't know why I'm here. Her uh-huh. Well, she's complaining about her pinky and how her pinky doesn't move anymore. Um, and uh, Or it's very, very stiff, very heavy to move. And um, Yuko's like, okay, tell me about yourself. He's like, what's your name? My name is this. What's your job? Oh, I work, I work at this place. How old are you? I'm 21. You know, and she's giving all this information. And as she's talking, black smoke is coming out of her finger. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yuko's just like, okay, here. Wear this ring on your finger and try to break your bad habit. And the woman's like, what bad habit? I don't have any bad habits. And uh, Yuko's like, okay, I'll probably see you again soon. And uh, the woman gets up and leaves after putting the ring on her pinky. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next day she comes back. And the ring is now cracked. And the woman's like, well, now it's my entire arm. My entire arm is just stiff. I don't, I don't, it, I don't know why. And the, Yuko's just like, okay, have you worked on your bad habit? And she says, well, I don't have any bad habits. And she sits there and thinks, and she's like, I, I don't have any bad habits. I'm a pretty good, per- I'm a good person. I don't do anything wrong like that. And Yuko's like, okay. And uh, 
the girl leaves and Yuko says, we're not going to see her again. To which Watanuki's just like, wait, what? What do you mean? And it's like, her bad habit's going to consume her. We're not going to see her again. Yeah, type thing. Yeah. And mm -hmm. at this point, the audience can pretty much tell what the bad habit is. And I've already spoiled it by saying it a little bit earlier. But mm -hmm. um, it becomes patently clear in a uh, to Watanuki that um, she is a um, serial compulsive, compulsive liar. liar. Mm -hmm. Well, um, and he learns it while he chases after her and sees yeah. her leave her office, which is a completely different place than where she claimed to work. She said, well, she, A, she said she was going to go on a date with somebody. She made a promise to be somewhere with, uh, with, with her boyfriend. She was going to be and on a date with so her boyfriend. Gets, so she ends up going, and then, yeah, and then she ends up at where she works, at a dentist office, which is not where she said she worked. She said she worked for a talent agency or something, mm -hmm. or a, a marketing agency of some kind. Yeah, I, um, I don't really remember, but yeah. Mm -hmm. All that matters is that it wasn't a dentist office. And then she talks about the different, and then Watanuki overhears some some other girls talking about her and how she's been... Uh, like this, uh, mm -hmm. how she's been lying about what boyfriend she's with, and mm -hmm. she always well, goes to these mixers with us, but uh, that uh, she, she always says different uh, things. That every six every six months, it seems to be somebody new. And Last time it was a doctor. The time before that, it was an upcoming actor. So, yep. mm -hmm. and like, and oh, then, she's and uh huh, she's yeah. twenty eight. So she meets mm -hmm. somebody in this. Uh, she meets um, somebody who's taking surveys. And um, the person taking the survey starts asking her questions, and she just makes up answers. She lies about her age, lies about her occupation, lies about I'm, her marital status. I'm 24, I'm here. Yes, I'm married. I'm happily married. Mm -hmm. I'm 20, yeah. And then she runs into somebody else she knows, walking across the sidewalk. And, and the black cloud around her is just getting thicker and thicker. Um, and so she runs into somebody she knew from before. And, oh. they, and uh, she comments on the ring, says, oh, are you getting engaged? I'm like, oh, I'm about to be engaged. But this isn't the engagement ring. It's kind of an old antique. He's he's shopping for an engagement ring and mm -hmm. just lying and lying more and more until mm -hmm. eventually the they, they, they were talking in a crosswalk. And then the crosswalk's like, all right, time to get out. And mm -hmm. they leave the crosswalk. Well, we, we should point out that Yuko also told her to never take off that pinky until yeah, you've broken your off. bad habit. Don't take never off that take... pinky until you... Or don't take off that ring until you've broken your bad habit. Mm -hmm. Well, her bad habit, uh, the ring is absorbing her the negative energy she's producing with all of her lies. And it's mm -hmm. getting darker and more dingy with every lie she tells. And she refuses to... She doesn't even understand the connection. She goes, oh... I should probably polish this. And she and Watanuki runs to warn her not to take it off. And she takes it off. And suddenly she's paralyzed all over her body. Mm -hmm. The light changes. And Truck Coon comes barreling down. The, you know, yep. I was like, oh, hey, oh. Truck Coon's going to isekai her. And honestly, I have I haven't checked the manga. I mean, I used to have volumes one through three. And now I'm actually missing volumes one and three, and so I need to, you know, pick them up again. Um, so I don't know which chapter is in. I could flip through volume two to see if the chapter happens to be in there, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I swear I don't remember her living in the manga. But in the well, anime, they in the anime they they add a little bit of extra, you know, happy ending to the thing where Watanuki, where the the hit, getting hit by a truck wasn't fatal. 
and Watanuki takes her to the hospital. And she, um, maybe she turns her life around and maybe she doesn't. Mm-hmm. But, um, Watanuki returns back to the, uh, uh, to Yuko's shop. And Yuko, um, tells, reminds him, I told you you didn't have to come back today. Oh, yeah. She said, don't bother coming back today when he left. We didn't actually yeah. mention that, uh, before, but yeah. She says, I, like, you'll just do, t- like, You'll do t- today's work tomorrow as well. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway. <laughs> and that's episode two. So the the show actually is, is... When I read the manga, I remember it being about as dark as the first few issues, the first few chapters of Yu-Gi-Oh! Where, yeah. Where people... Where, you'd never know it from the anime, but the first few chapters... Can you describe the first few chapters of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! The first two chapters, Yugi, he when he first unleashes unleashes Yami Yugi or whatever they call him in the show, um, when he first starts getting possessed by him, he kills people with his games. Like it's not like oh, I'm going to send you to the Shadow Realm or things like that. Like I honestly, I don't know how faithful the translation of the show is to the manga because I never really. It was kind of a four. I stopped kind of paying attention. I stopped paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, I was not the target audience, but. I have the first issue of the manga and he, uh, yeah. Like Didn't he set somebody on people fire? That, there, I don't know if he set someone on fire, but he, uh, he does. Oh. He does horrible, horrible things to people who are bad people, yes. but it's, it's pretty dark what he does. Um, I kind of want to go pull it out and, flip through it but you know what whatever it's fine yeah yeah i just remember i remember one game where he did something and this guy is pouring alcohol from a bottle into a glass and he puts a lighter on the Mm -hmm. guy's hands and for whatever reason he does something and it causes the guy to spill the alcohol on himself right and then he drops the 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 lighter Mm -hmm. onto himself and sets Mm -hmm. himself on fire because he lost whatever game was they were playing another one that he does um i i i don't remember the exact purpose but he was gambling he was rolling dice with somebody Uh um and uh the higher the roll if you rolled higher it means you lose yeah, and um, this guy was had some, was like some kind of a TV producer or something like that, but he was just a, ski, a skis bag, uh-huh. and so Yugi rolled the dice first, and he rolled a six on a d six on a six sided dice, uh-huh. um, and uh, this guy's mocking him, saying, "Ha, there's no way I'm going to go ahead and roll any higher than that," and so him being the jerk that he is, he takes the dice and he throws it at Yugi's head instead uh-huh. of just rolling it on the ground. That's well, right. The dice, Yugi held up his pyramid um, and it hit the edge of the pyramid and split the dice in two. Mm-hmm. And when it landed, it showed six pips and one pip. So it was seven instead of a six. I thought it was like three and four, but it could no, have been it's six, a, it's a six and a one because okay. the one is the eye that Yugi has on his, on his pyramid. Right. Um, and the guy from then on, his vision is just static. Like you, you see his eyes just go like static on like an on an old TV, like uh, old TV snow, TV snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so and that's, he just does this to people who lose challenges against him, and it's just nothing like the the. Uh, and so yeah, the the uh, the manga for uh, Holic 
was just as dark. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so the fact that they had these um <clears throat> that uh the lying girl lived is not something I was I remember happening. Yeah, she might have been taken to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She yeah. didn't need to be taken to the hospital, but I just don't remember. It just, it might have. Mm-hmm. Might have. Anyway, so that's episode two. Mm-hmm. Episode three. Starts uh, these, with the baseball game that we already talked about. Oh, we talked about. Um, and these episodes now seem to be, you know, kind of monster of the week or uh, wish of the week. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's a that's a good description that I uh, that I read on the wiki that uh, the first arc is very very much monster of the week before it starts getting into other things. I did not read beyond that because I was like, well, uh, if I watch more of the show, I don't want to be spoiled. Sure. Um, but anyways, uh, they uh, so this one where we um, after he complain after he comes back complaining about all the cleanup he had to do because of her baseball going through somebody's window, mm-hmm. and he's there to complain. The girl he likes. Uh, what was her name? Uh, Himawari. Himawari shows up. And he immediately goes from being, you know, viciously oh, no, I complaining. I, got, I think I just got her treaters. Oh. Well. Himawari introduces the next. Uh... Hi, guys. I actually don't have any candy. This is the first time I've ever had trick or treaters. I'm so sorry. Sorry, guys. All right. I freaking knew it. I have lived in this apartment for almost five years now. I'm on my fifth year here. This is my fifth Halloween in this apartment. I bought candy for the previous four years and never got a single trick-or-treater. I knew if I wasn't going to buy candy tonight, someone was going to show up. And I just had to turn away two little boys who looked very disappointed that I didn't have any candy. I'm a monster. So guess what my son's wearing for for Halloween today? Nothing. He's Trogdor. <laughs> You're gonna have he's to got an all green. He's got an all green outfit. He's got uh, paper wings uh, stapled to the back of a shirt, and he's got a, a flesh tone colored towel wrapped he around. He didn't know oh. about Trogdor before a couple of weeks ago when we played the game with him. That's right. And now he's obsessed. He's drawing Trogdor on the boards at school. He's uh, it's his new big thing. I have never been prouder as an uncle. I, yes. I have been, I introduced him to Trogdor, the Burninator. Yes, you did. You should have him play the game on homestarrunner.com. Oh, I should, but I should have you come over and bring the, and we should play the game together with the whole, my whole family. If I find the time for that. But anyway, or lend um, it to me. Huh? Or lend it to me? No. <laughs> like I'm going to lend that game out anytime soon. Anyways, um, so. His Himawari and um, and uh, Domeki actually show up, and they yes. get introduced to Yuko. Um, and Ori introduces the uh, the conflict of the of the episode. She and, mentions that a friend's school has been really dark lately, but there's mm-hmm. a fun little interaction where Himawari Himawari just by being there turns Watanuki into this. Um, oh, you're so uh, just every, a a try hard trying to get her to like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- which just gives uh, Yuko just untold amounts of uh, devilish glee. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, well, here's the, th-. and like, well, 
Himawari is like, yeah, my friends, uh, the it's been our school seems to be possessed by this evil spirit, uh-huh. um, and or her their their school seems to be possessed by an evil spirit. It's like I was hoping you guys could do something about it, and Yuko is just like, it's a well here. All right, I think this is a great job for Watanaki, uh, Watanuki Kun, and he's like, wait, what? And she later on when they're in her place and uh, like she's changing behind this. And he absolutely agrees while she's there, while uh, Himawari Mm -hmm. is there. But after he after she leaves, he's like, what did I just agree to? I don't know anything about helping getting rid of spirits in a possessed school. Like, why couldn't you? You you know what this is going on, Yuko. Why would you do this? Like, well, I'm like, do you really want me to do you really want changing behind this kind of paper, a paper door? Yeah. Um, and we see her shadow changing and stuff like that. And every once in a while, she'll reach out and like hit him on the back of the head or something like that. And she's like, I couldn't have taken the job unless I took payment from her. Do you really think that? This. Did you really want her to take payment from me? And he's like, oh. And <laughs> then his mind, goes into, his mind goes into what would he take from Himawari? Like maybe her first kiss. <laughs> and the shot starts to go towards that direction when she smacks him in the. Uh, like, what deprived like he he says some word something like some deprived uh um behavior would she be engaged in he's and yuko smacks him in the back of the head again like don't say that thing about don't use those words to describe me (laughs) Uh, but anyways uh she gets um him to agree to bring um because domeki along and and he well First, she gets him to agree to actually do the thing because mm. Himawari will owe him a debt. And that's a good place for him to be. Mm-hmm. To have, um, um, and so he's liking that idea. And then he's being told, and and that fact alone is the only reason he actually agrees to let his hated rival join him on this quest. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he's also pr- well. So they agree to meet up at the school, but on the before he goes there, he is given a magical item to help him on his quest. Mm-hmm. These items is a ha- pair of magical headphones that, when two people wear them, no matter how far apart they are, they can he- listen to each other automatically by a magic instead of like a telephone <laughs> or something. Um, mm-hmm. But there's something interesting about these uh, these headphones. They yeah, are... yeah, you wrote it down. You get to yeah. say it. Okay. They are identical to cheese ears in Chobits. Yep. And uh, he's super embarrassed to wear them. And she's just like, uh, Yuko's just like, it's okay. They're important. It's we can communicate with each other. Don't have to worry about it. Also, there's one more really, really important reason that you need to keep wearing those. You need to, you need to wear them. And what's that? Because they're cute. <laughs> totally messing with him. He gets super mad. And then like, and then uh, Domeki sees him huh. with those headphones on. He's like, oh, aren't those cute? <laughs> you know, and which of course he, makes Watanaki even angrier. Yeah, he don't it. Domeki makes the absolute worst decision he could right then and just go, well, I guess you just like cute things. And just doesn't even care. He's mm-hmm. so cool about it that he doesn't even care that this guy's wearing these cool things. Like, at least react. At least make fun of me. Don't act like this is normal for me. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Watanuki is not handling the situation well. And so they uh, they hop the fence and go into the school. And Domeki has no sense of what's going on around him. He He's following along and obeying and is happy to help. And is very stern and serious, and but and um, actually comes across a little bit like no, he he's a more serious version of Sakura's older brother in terms of his uh, the way he behaves himself. But he doesn't send spirits at all. Meanwhile, there are dark clouds coiling around the school like a snake. Mm-hmm. And we should probably point out that in episode two. Uh, once the smoke appeared out of uh, out of that woman, uh, the 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 client from episode two, um, he could smell bad things. Like he, yeah. there was this reeking smell coming from her when that smoke started appearing, and right. it's the same thing here. The uh, this the sense of smell gets stronger as they go further into the school, but Domeki doesn't smell anything. It's all just uh, Watanuki. I uh, just realized that uh, the anime. Came out in 2006. 2005 was the uh, first season of um, Supernatural, which also features demons existing as black smoke and the smell of sulfur. Okay. So, anyway, ties there. Um, no, but, but what happened? So, as he's going deeper and deeper into the school, the smell is getting worse and worse. They're tr- and that's how they are able to find and they go up to the rooftop mm-hmm. and they see three high school girls surrounded by uh, surrounding a standard uh, high school desk um, with two of them holding a pen at the same time um, like hands clasped like this and doing this sort of uh, Ouija board thing called Angel uh, well, they call it Angel in an episode which is another name for uh, Kukuri-san Mm-hmm. Um, which is a game like the Ouija board in Japan. Yeah. They kind of, I think they explain that in the subtitles or something like that. Something like um, that. But they, yeah. They, so, mm-hmm. it's, so it's a board that has all the different uh, letters, the different uh, hiragana. Mm-hmm. And what you do is, um, as you're doing Ouija with a pen, you just go around circling the letters and, sp- and it spells out what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but written on this thing is... In huge, in huge, like, um, the huge uh, hiragana for uh, shine or uh, die or death. Uh, she um, knew. Mm-hmm. She knew. Okay. And so what's and so they've written this by script by they they only the only way to have written it was to have scribbled over the area of where it is over and over and over again. It's it's a big uh, letter with scribble fill, as it were. Um, mm-hmm. And so these girls are terrified. They don't know what's going on. They, they they keep being told that if they let go, if they do anything, that this thing's going to kill them. Um, and so they're stuck up there forever. And Watanugi uh, gets into his head to, you know, to help them out. They're just going to have, he's going to force them to let go of the pen. And so he goes to do that. And Yuko tells him to wait a moment. And he says, no. And breaks them apart. Mm-hmm. And everything seems to be doing okay. Um, until it's re- 
until it's uh so the girls scream and run to the edge of the building saying he's gonna kill us and they look like they're just in their madness gonna jump over the side of the building when watanuki um runs out puts his hands out in between them and the railing and uh just blocks them and says no you're going to be fine don't worry about it and it's at that point that yuki says don't touch them they're ghosts Mm-hmm. And it's revealed that all three of the girls were, in fact, an apparition created by a bunch of kids playing Ouija-based Ouija games in a high school for years and years and years until eventually all the, all the little bits and pieces of dark magic that they accidentally conjured coalesced into whatever this demon thing is. Mm-hmm. And well, what happens is is the girls get the um they they go black and get this creepy smile on their face the the, the crescent smile um that was very popular back then um in terms of what's kind of kind of like the mad scientist that's uh sailor saturn's dad gets that creepy smile from time to time i want to say um um, oh yeah no like that creepy smile also exists like I've, i've been watching some more of um of um Soul Eater? No, 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 no. Well, the Dr. Frankenstein actually does have that creepy smile from time to time. Um, sure. No, but I've watched Soul Eater a lot, so I don't know if I'm going to watch uh, watch it again. It was um, Dusk, Man of, Dusk Maiden of Amnesia. Yes, um, I've been catching there, that too. I'm we see to the evil seven. ghost at the end. Of, we see... Wait, huh? I'm up through episode seven on that right now. Okay. I, so have you met the evil spirit yet, or have you seen the evil yes. spirit? So yes, the night that they're hanging that out... Yep, so, yeah. The episode where they hang out or where they spend the night at the, at the school um, uh-huh. for paranormal activities uh, during summer. Yeah. Um, very end of that episode, the evil spirit is standing over the the one girl, Otome, or I think that's what her name was, um, who, uh, and like she has one of those, and like she ends up with one of those big, big toothy grins. So yeah, oh, yeah. it's like that. Very mm-hmm. Cheshire. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And so they get all, they get the grin on their face and immediately push him over the side of the of the railing. Um, and this whole time, it, the big clue that they were ghosts is this whole time, um, Domeki didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, Domeki, when he sees Watanuki go over the edge, rushes and uh, grabs him by the arm and has him dangling there over the side. Um, and so that's when the girls change shape and become the this blob monster um and the blob monster starts to attack domeki and so he doesn't see what's going on but he obviously feels it as the blob monster um starts attacking him and blood starts running down domeki's hand while uh he's trying to hold on to watanuki and Mm -hmm. watanuki uh snaps out of whatever um uh trance he was in but when he got pushed over looks down and sees the black smoke that's been coiling around the school start to coalesce as well. And that forms mm-hmm. a snake. And suddenly the snake eats the blob form that ends up rescuing uh, Watanuki and uh, Domeki. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to step away from a little bit because somehow Toby got this bag that has some leftover parts in it from when I made my entertainment center. And 
these two started clicking and it sounded like bells. So uh -huh. I had to get them away from him. Give him a different toy to play with. Um, sorry. Anyway. But yeah, so so now there's a giant snake, a spirit snake on the building, and it's um uh okay, so it must have happened when he was pushed, but uh Watanuki loses the headphones and they're lying on the Oh no 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 like um um it's uh Domeki. Uh Domeki uh -huh. Pulls him back up because uh, uh, it's established that Domeki's strong. He's good at sports. He's athletic. Yes. Uh, pulls him up and kind of flings him over back onto the roof. Uh, and Watanuki, when he's flying through the air, that's when the headphones uh, okay. come off of him. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just didn't remember. I didn't have a conscious memory of them still being on his head when he had been pushed. But they must they were still on his head. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they, they go flying off. And so he can no longer get advice from uh, Yuki, Yuko. While uh, they're cornered by this snake. And Yuko, very wisely, just shouts some sort of taunt or something at the snake. And the snake eats the headphones and leaves. And they're saved. Mm -hmm. So, and you're again left wondering, can't she see the future? Is that how she knew that he had to have these devices specifically in order to uh, mm -hmm. save his life and get through the situation. A little Doctor Strange there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but so... That's basically episode three. Is that, well, episode that... three ends with them having another food party. And poor Watanuki, um, not only did he have to do all the work this episode, uh, he also has to make the food for them. Yeah. So he... Uh, he, uh, Yuko, uh, Himawari, and Domeki are all outside at this park. I think it's actually right, but maybe at their school. I, I don't remember. But, um, and he's making uh, takoyaki for everybody. Mm. And they're yes. having a takoyaki party. Um, and he's getting upset that he's stuck there making the food. And Domeki's like, oh, do you want this one? I was like, no, I don't want any sympathy from you. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, can I have more? No, I haven't even had my first yet. So, uh, yeah, that is pretty much the first three episodes of yeah. um of holic and i used to call this triple x holic but i guess it's just holic um that's how they pronounce it okay um i th i think it's supposed to be you know i i don't know i mean i get the feeling that um instead of being alcoholic it's somebody who's addicted to spirits but it's different kind of spirits okay okay uh, it's a kind of a play on words. Okay, maybe. Maybe. Um, okay, so what are your final thoughts on the show? Um, I want to keep watching it, maybe. I definitely, because, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I actually had a hard time watching it, streaming it on um, Funimation. Uh, there's something wrong with their streaming service on these episodes that I needed to to look into because for whatever reason, when I was watching it in the Japanese with the English subtitles, um, sometimes after an ad would play, uh, the video wouldn't come back. Oh, weird. And so were you, were you watching it on your computer or yeah. I was watching, so I was it, on watching it on my PS4 and it, and it worked just fine. Okay. So I yeah, mean, no, the I was only thing was that the only thing was that ad. And then I actually was happy for this because after the ad, it would backload the video a little bit by a couple of seconds and then pick up where it was. Oh, good. So, um, yeah, 
and I don't know what ads you were faced with, but I got a lot of Patrick Warburton selling uh, national car insurance, national auto rentals. I did not. I got, um, I got uh, Salt Lake Audi commercials. Oh. Um, and there was a guy who was impersonating Patrick War Warburton as a superhero. It was okay. a bad impersonation, um, but it's obviously who they were trying. It was obvious to me who they were trying to channel. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So the show, the show's good. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't think I'm in the mood for it, especially since sure. we're kind of already getting my kind of creepy, funny. Uh, from watching um, Dusk Maiden of Amnesia, which sure. I just want to. So this episode where they're spending the night at the school, at the school, they um, they're at a, at at the pool, and um, the the younger <laughs> girls who's totally in love with Yuki, um, yeah. she got this she, new swimsuit, and she instantly asks, "So frilly bikini?" Like my, and she's got this frilly bikini, yeah. And she's like, "Well, how do you think I look?" And before he can answer. <laughs> His head, yeah, yeah. And you hear the crack, and he's just like, yeah. you, you go, you go, please, please, you go, stop. You go, and she's like, oh, oh he can't even look at me. Ah. And like every time she asks a question, he's actually responding to Yuko. And this poor girl gets so upset at the fact and so embarrassed by this bikini that she's wearing that she runs off and changes into her school swimsuit. Yeah. <laughs> But and it, it cuts as she runs past, and we just see Yuko holding his head like this, forcing him not to look at her. Yeah, it's so painful to watch. Mm -hmm. like, and that—that's even the—that's uh, even the episode uh, thumbnail. Yeah, is Yuko yeah. holding his head like that. That's that's. I think that's episode five, four or five. I want to say it's four. I want to say it was four. Like, I, like. Uh, no, it was episode four because it was the episode right after the first three episodes it goes right into the bikinis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so I guess I've only watched now, that one. I, I, I want to watch. Here's the thing: is I've read all of the Subasa manga, and Watanuki plays a major role in the climax of Subasa. Mm. Um, like there's some. There's some interdimensional astral plane walking, and Watanuki uh, becomes majorly involved. And I kind of wanted to just get all of Hollick so I could see Watanuki's journey to getting there as well. Because there's some cross-reference to things that aren't in both series. Mm -hmm. like, like, they didn't double up on everything. Like, you, they, they made it so you had to watch both to get 100% of it. Mm -hmm. So Okay. I do know that there's multiple uh, Holic series. Um, there's multiple arcs, uh, multiple. Uh, but yeah, like I think that's a good show. It just isn't what I'm in the mood for right now to spend my sure. free time on. Uh, but anyways, um, this is the end of October. Happy Halloween, by the way. The, this episode episode's going to go up on November 1st, so we're going to miss you by a little bit. But uh, anyways, um, with it being November next month, our theme month is going to be food. Um, and I found an anime, um, that seems to be a shonen anime about, you know, uh, making food. And no, it is not Toriko. Um, anyways, uh, uh, so, this is a shonen anime, um, by the name of Yakitate Japan. Okay. Uh, just a moment. Did they really just name the main character Kazuma Azuma? 
apparently, yeah, that's 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 what it was on Crunchyroll. Uh, but yeah, this description is from Crunchyroll. Kazuma Azuma wants to make bread. Not just any kind of bread, though. He wants to make a bread that represents Japan itself and can stand toe-to-toe with rice as a national food. Thanks to his legendary hands of the sun, unnaturally warm hands that allow dough to ferment faster, Cosma's bread is like a slice of heaven. And when the uh, the Pantastio rookie competition arrives, everyone will get a taste of his skill. Along with his friend Kawachi, he'll go up against Koala Karate Masters, Harvard bread scientists, samurai with rolling pin swords, and more as he bakes his way to glory. So this sounds absolutely ridiculous. Um... So, anyways, so yeah, that's what we're going to be watching for our first uh, episode for Food Month. So, uh, let's move on from three episodes in, since we just wrapped that up, and let's go ahead and move to uh, Recommendation of the Week, and it is your pick. It is my pick. And I've been uh, tossing back and forth which ones I'd recommend this week, and for a little while I was thinking about Twin Star Exorcists, because on the one hand, it has the elements of... um, it's kind of a Halloweeny thing where they're fighting demons and exercising them, and but there's also this running gag where the uh, the main girl had written these comics about a sentient piece of food. Do you remember that? Yes, yes, uh huh. And, and she so, was she's this prodigy in like everything, but her art sucks. But anyways, <laughs> so. Yes. And so her main character was what? What was it? Some sort of like uh, bean dumpling? Yes. Remember? Um, she. Lo- I forget. I. Sorry, Toby just knocked over some stuff. Um, I forget what it, it's kind of this sweet uh black bean paste. Yeah. Um, that was her favorite snack. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, because she loved it so much, she made a comic based off of it. Yeah. About a superhero who was a black bean paste ball. Something like that, yeah. Anyways, anyway, so... But but after your description of the uh, anime we're watching next week, I decided my recommendation of the week is actually going to go to Stephen Chow's God of Cookery. Because you're... Uh, literally, as you're saying, Hands of the Sun, I'm reminded of the scene where, like, the villains break his, uh, his, his uh, cooking... Uh, like his stove or something. And so he has to use his chi to boil the water of the ramen bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so picture, if you will, have this is the guy, Stephen Chow is the guy who made Kung Fu Hustle and Shaolin Soccer. So picture the guy behind those kind of projects doing an entire movie about this guy who thinks he's all that when it comes to cooking and then has to be brought low and trained how to become even better than he was before. Um, and <laughs> I mean, first off, there are entire sequences dedicated to the concept of having meatballs so bouncy they could be used for ping pong. And R. Yeah, There's he also learns sequ- Kung Fu so he can use Kung Fu on the ingredients to make the food better. Yes. And it's ridiculous and wonderful. Yeah. He's, he's sentenced to this monastery of the gold monks. 
And every time he tries to escape the gold monks, the gold monks appear, do their, do this whole, you know, every last one of them has some kind of pose that they do. And then every last one of them pulls out a collapsible gold stool and beats the tar out of them with the stools. Like it's well, like it's WWE three of them are standing in front of the mob that are beating him up and just constantly posing in martial arts poses while the rest of them, of these Kung Fu masters, are beating the tar out of him with folding chairs. Yes! And then they just drag him across the ground, leaving a blood smear. And this happens like three. This happens three times. So you know, comedy comes in threes sometimes. It's it's. Oh, I just, uh, I remember watching that with you guys at a uh, at an impromptu theater in a classroom on BYU campus or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was that was a great night. That was that was an amazing movie. Thank you for inviting me to that. All those so, years ago. Sorry, I just Amazon has a bunch of classic Stephen Chow movies. Prime? On Prime already. Like, they've got Love on Delivery, which is just... Stephen Chow takes on the role of a delivery boy for fast food joint, and Hong Kong's comedy diet is never quite the same. A top blockbuster of 1994, Love on Delivery delivers laughs, romance, and kung fu as only Chow can. And then Justice My Foot, where he plays a corrupt judge back in ancient China. Um, it's... Ah... Uh, Wow, because I was I was looking at prices for uh, God of Cookery. Oh, here's another one. Uh, Out of the Dark. That's a that's a very early Chow movie. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're good. Yeah. There's a bunch of Stephen Chow movies already on Amazon Prime. How did I not know this? This is incredible. <laughs> all okay, right anyway sorry sorry Stephen chow is incredible if you guys haven't seen his stuff yet uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh so anyways so that's it for uh recommendation of the week let's go ahead and move on to creator shout out and i want to go ahead and give a shout out to uh robert chu um he's not exa- he doesn't exactly need a shout out from us but um if you go to his art station and also his Facebook, which we'll have links to, mm-hmm. um, you'll see that he is a um, concept designer for uh, Borderlands. Um, a lot of his art oh. is uh, the concept for Borderlands 3. Um, but the reason that I picked him is because there he has this incredible series of humans interacting with robotic animals. And the robotic animals are just majestic. They're incredible to look at. Um, so go ahead and give this guy's work oh, wow. a look. Um, and I'm currently uh, looking at this one where they have uh, owls the size of cars next to uh, what appears to be a woman with a compound bow. These mm-hmm. mechanical owls the size of cars. Huh. Look incredible. I'm here on the art station link that we're going to share with this. It's um, like third from the last one if you scroll down. Mm-hmm. His, if you're uh, on our website, it's going to be posted in the description of this episode. If you're watching on YouTube, it's going to be in the little description below. So yeah. we'll go ahead and post everything there. Uh, anyways, um, yeah. So go ahead and check out Robert Chu's stuff if you haven't already. It's fantastic stuff. Anyways, thanks so much for listening in this week. If you listen to it on YouTube, please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. Um, if you like what we do and want to support us, please stay, share our channel with your friends. Where can they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. 
We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference. And if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening in, you guys. I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to Ben Coombs for providing the artwork for us. And a special thanks to Brazmataz for the use of their song, Drykolk, that we used to open and close this podcast. All right. Well, you guys have a great week. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. Catch you guys later.